You're listening to the free version of The Andy Staples Show, thanks to our ad partners. If you'd like to listen to the show without ads, visit www.theathletic.com slash Andy Staples for access to the show ad-free, plus everything The Athletic has to offer. That's www.theathletic.com slash Andy Staples. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, Big Ten in Crisis Edition. Well, it's not, I don't think it's really in crisis. I, I think a decision has been made. Some people don't like that decision and have made that very clear. And the leadership of the Big Ten has not been great at responding to that criticism or very transparent about how they came to the decision in the first place. So I bring on our Ohio State beat writer, beat writer Bill Landis. And our Penn State beat writer, Audrey Snyder, because you guys have been dealing with parents, you've been talking to players, you've been talking to coaches, you've been talking to athletic directors about the fallout from the Big Ten's decision to postpone fall sports. And it should be noted, the Pac-12 did the same thing on the same day, but has not experienced anywhere near the strife that the Big Ten... So let me set the table. We know now there was a vote. Audrey, you asked a question the other day of Sandy Barber, the AD at Penn State. She said, well, I don't even know if there was a vote. Well, Nebraska's Chancellor Ronnie Green went on the radio on Wednesday and said, yes, there was a vote. I'm not going to say who voted for whom, but Nebraska voted not to postpone and got summarily beaten in that vote. It was it didn't sound like it was a close vote. So, Audrey, why have they been so cagey about what actually happened and who voted what? Well, I, I think the bigger issue with that, Andy, is that, you know, Kevin Warren, when everything happened last week, he said on Big Ten Network, he was asked, you know, what was the vote? And he said, I don't want to get into it. And it's like, okay, I understand you don't want to throw your universities under the bus, but these are the same universities that if it's not safe to play football, why are you welcoming back thousands of students this week to start the fall semester? And I think that's probably where this whole thing comes in, right? Like, say, hypothetically, based off of what Sandy Barber said, hey, she said, we wanted to play, James wanted to play, Eric Barron wanted to play, so I asked her, well, then how'd you vote? Well, well you know, I'm not, I don't even know if there was a vote. Well, if you voted, you know, that you, maybe, maybe you're just saying this, right? Maybe you're saying this because you want to try to win people over and say, oh, we pushed for everything, but in our heart of hearts, we know that we can't do this but yet you're letting thousands of students come back to your universities and we're seeing that's not going well. So I just don't understand how it's safe for one, on one hand to bring students back, but how it's not safe to have football or at least drag it out for another month, get some practices and see what those results look like. And that's where Penn State's frustration is coming with. But yeah, the whole vote, non-vote, we're not going to say like the Big Ten has totally dropped the ball on this. Bill, I wanted to ask you about this because Gene Smith, a much more seasoned operator in terms of public relations within college sports than, than Kevin Warren, for sure, the new commissioner of the Big Ten, or than Sandy Barber at, at Penn State. Gene knows how to press the buttons and, and to work this machine, and it seems like he's done that. Uh, but here's my question to you, Bill. Do we know that Ohio State voted not to postpone? 
we know that they're saying they voted not to postpone. Um, that was that's where a lot of I think the the vitriol, if you want to call it that, in Columbus started was with the was it the Dan Patrick show initially said like it was a twelve two vote, which means right. and it was I think it was like Iowa and Nebraska were the two who who voted yes, um, which means that Ohio State would have been the one of the ones that, that voted to to cancel the season. And it, Ohio State's in a very weird position because it doesn't presently have an active president. It is between presidents. Michael Drake left uh, in June. Great timing on his part. Uh, and Christina Johnson, the new president, doesn't technically start until next week, August 24th. She uh, is part of these conversations. She was part of the discussion when the season was ultimately canceled. I think briefed along the way by Kevin Warren. But there's like a a, a, vo- a power vacuum here. That, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. But like, there's nobody at the top um, for Ohio State. And... When that initial story broke, was like, well, Ohio State's new president doesn't get it. She voted to cancel the season. She doesn't understand Ohio State or what people in the state care about, which I think are valid concerns. We also don't know if that was true. And then Ohio State very quickly was like, no, 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 no. She's on board with Gene and she's on board with Ryan. She wanted to delay the season too, and and I believe that. Like, I don't, I don't know Christina Johnson. I like everyone else on the beat have put in a request to interview her, and I expect that request to never get met. Um, but. Uh, I, I agree that her and Gene and Ryan eventually ended up on the same page. What what that means in terms of how she voted, I don't know. Because if you're sitting in that room and the majority of the presidents, is what it sounds like, are in favor of, of canceling, then I guess you just sort of throw your hands up and say, well, I, there's nothing I can do about this. I don't want to do this, but if we're all mostly in agreement, I guess let's do this. But whether or not the president of Ohio State raised her hand, yes or no, no one knows. Yeah, and that's the thing that, that about these votes that – people don't often understand a lot of times a commissioner won't even call a vote till they know you they've got it unanimous and by getting it unanimous that means they say listen it's it's nine five nobody's budging and you go to the five and you say don't make us look bad let's just get this done but that did not happen here i I think if jim delaney were still the commissioner i think it would have happened that way but they didn't do it that way. And, and now you have Ronnie Green at Nebraska who immediately came out and said, we are not for this. And that's where it all started. And then what, what has it been like from a coach standpoint? Now, I'll start with you, Bill, because Ryan Day was very out front early on. What has Ryan Day's week been like as he's trying to manage this? Um, not great, as you can imagine. Uh, he, I think, has tried to be sort of calculated in, in what he said and where he's appeared. He went on ESPN when the news started breaking that this was going to happen but hadn't yet been officially announced to basically say, like, let's not do this. This is this is wrong. Let's delay. You don't realize what you're doing if you cancel right now, which, like, frankly, he was right. Um and since then, uh, he spoke with us once. He did a press conference with us like the day after, which I was kind of surprised by because I wasn't sure he'd be in a place to do that, but he was. And his mindset at that time seemed to be pretty firmly on let's move forward and figure out what's happening in January. And and I, I truly think that's where the program is. But Ryan Day is a person just like all of us. Like, he's angry. He I can tell you well, for and, a fact that he's angry. They've got par- – I mean, Sean Wade's dad. Sean Wade, cornerback, potential top 15 NFL draft pick next year. His dad is planning to fly to Chicago and basically pick at the Big Ten office, by the way, which I think is empty. Every time I've seen yeah. Kevin Warren on TV, he's been at home. There's some irony to that, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. But, Audrey, I wanted to ask you because you talked to James Franklin yesterday, or excuse me, 
I'm supposed to unstick this podcast in time. You talked to get to James Franklin on Wednesday. You also spoke to several Penn State parents for a, a parents roundtable story that you wrote for the Athletic. Which, if you guys haven't read that, I don't care what school you're a fan of. Read that story and look at what those parents are going through because you picked an interesting cross section. You had uh, Pat Fryermuth's mom. Pat is obviously a superstar, going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. You had Noah Kane's dad. Noah is a, a younger guy who had established himself. And, and you've got some seniors who need, need better tape for the NFL. They're not in the Fryermuth position. So it's really interesting to hear those viewpoints from those parents because that, those groups are probably the most frustrated other than the players. Yeah, and this, I mean, the way Penn State handled it was when the decision came down, James Franklin said to the players, okay, you can go home if you want because the semester starts August 24th. He said, go home, clear your head, hug your parents, like do what you got to do because quite frankly, they don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyes Friday to see, you know, what the NCAA decides in terms of eligibility. Uh, But James Franklin's biggest gripe, I guess two biggest gripes with all of this. One was the lack of communication when the decision was made. He said leading up to the decision, it was good. After the decision came down, communication was good. But in that moment, he was really uh, perturbed with it. And the other part of that, he said, why would we make this decision now when we don't know what to tell these parents. He's like, how am I supposed to stand up in front of my team and say, okay, this is what the spring season looks like. This is what it means for your eligibility. Um, he did hold a Zoom the night that everything happened, or the morning that everything happened that night. He talked with their 2021 commits and said, hey, like, if you're planning on early enrolling, like, you might need to pump the brakes because we don't know space-wise what our numbers are going to be. The NCAA has to figure that out, what scholarship limits are. And now... With, you know, this practice model, the 12-hour limit, Penn State came up with a plan anticipating that this fall would be 20 hours and that they'd be able to work out that way. Well, now it's 12. So they're mad about that. The parents are upset because they're saying, you know, we're the answers. And the one of the biggest sticking points from the parents I talked to, um, and it's interesting because they were all very consistent with this, is... If Kevin Warren is concerned about safety, why is his son playing at Mississippi State? That that is a great question, and and because a lot of these situations, you see the person get up, whether it's the the commissioner or the president or the AD or the coach, and say, "I'm a parent myself," and if it was my child, well, this is the rare occasion where it is his child, and we do know what they've decided. Now he told Nicole Auerbach, our 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 pal Nicole, that. They had difficult discussions, and he Powers ultimately decided to play. Now, I, I'm I feel for Kevin Warren a little bit in this particular case because I can tell you right now, if I were Powers Warren's age and my parents said no, you shouldn't do this, my initial response would be, okay, great, then I'm doing it because <laughs> I was already I was financially untethered. I didn't need them, so. I, I would have said, I respect your opinion, but this is what I want to do, so I'm doing it. So Kevin Warren may find himself in that position right now. But the problem is, from a PR standpoint, it looks horrendous when you say, my child is okay doing this, but I don't want your child doing this. Yeah, and that was the thing with the parents. They said, you know, let us decide. I had one parent, um, Carlton Wade, is on Lamont, senior safety. He said, you know what? Let me decide if there's a waiver to sign. Uh, my kid would sign the waiver because Lamont has a son to support and he needs better game film to get to the NFL. And 
They bring up the point, too, which we're all going to be sorting through in the coming months. You know, Penn State's in favor of a winter season as opposed to a spring season. Try to speed up that timeline. But one of the things that Carlton Wade said about his son, he said, you know, maybe my son only plays three or four games in the spring and then we focus on the NFL. So this whole dynamic of what your roster looks like for this winter or spring season is going to be a mess. Have they gotten any indication, Bill, of why the Big Ten didn't already have a spring semester season plan to throw out there on the day they postponed? I, that's, they were talking for five months, and I know Kevin Warren has said, well, we were concentrating on, on playing in the fall. You had five months. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to think. what uh, Tiger King was a little bit of that, but that was like the first month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for, for once you got through Joe Exotic and whether Carol Baskin killed her husband or not, spoiler alert, well, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> but once you got through that, you had four more months to figure it out while you were trying to figure out a contingency for fall. And and that part I, I don't understand. And, and Bill, I don't understand the timing because I know they keep saying, well, they were about to start full contact practice. OK. You send a memo. Don't start full contact practice until we tell you. Because didn't they spend the entirety of their schedule reveal six days before they postponed saying, we had 140 Zoom calls about this, and this is the most flexible schedule ever. We can collapse weeks into one another. I mean, they could have started September 26th, just like the SEC wants to. Now's the time to get your student loan payments under control. You could be saving by refinancing your student loans with Earnest. Interest rates have hit record lows, which means it's a great time to refinance your student loans and see if you can lower your monthly payment. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple of years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Checking your new rate is fast and easy to start. Complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes and you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. And now, you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash staples. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at earnest.com slash staples. Not available in all states? Visit earnest.com slash staples for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinance loans are made by Earnest Operations, LLC, NMLS number 1204917, California Financing Law License Number 605-4788-303 Second Street Suite 401 in San Francisco, California, 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. Yeah, that the, the idea that you would build such a flexible schedule and then like brag about it and then punt on it immediately <laughs> made no sense to me. And, and the idea too that the science that drove this decision i think is perfectly valid but it's not it's not data and it's not science that like suddenly changed in the whatever it was 8 days between when you announced the schedule and when you made your decision and and really i don't think it was stuff that changed in the months leading up to that decision well, so and, even and the, if- the long term effect issue is a sticky wicket too because here's the thing let's say they play in january january's not that far from now right that's not a long term between now and January. So you're not really going to know any better now or in January. Now, if you get to January and you say the long-term effects are still dangerous, we still don't want to play, then you're being ideologically consistent. But if you suddenly play in January when nothing has changed on that front, 
you're going to look real bad. It, does, it doesn't make any sense, and that's what – I mean, I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can about the fact that they're going to play in January, but that's what gives me pause. And, and, but, and the idea, too, that – like you said, they had five months to plan on this, and, and if, you, if, you, if you've thought all along playing in the fall based off what we know is just not an option, playing this fall of 2020 – I, I, I think I can come around on that and, 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 and probably make peace with that. I think most people could come around on that. If you, if you announce that decision on August 26th or September 1st, I think most people – because here's the thing. And this is the part that, that I think the Big Ten parents don't, don't realize. The ACC, the Big, Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC may do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They right. may get to right. early September and say, you know what? Maybe we can't do this. I mean that's what they're banking. That's what the Big Ten's banking on, right? <laughs> it, it is, and it's 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 crazy how how bad they could look. And uh, you know, I, I'm curious what you guys think about the the dynamics of this with Kevin Warren being in his first year on the job, replacing Jim Delaney. Because you know, look, conference commissioner is a great job. You, pay, you get paid a lot of money. You have a lot of power. But the problem is, you serve at the pleasure of the presidents. And if the presidents don't get along, they're going to use you as the shield. And what, I, what it seems to me, Audrey, is that they have a bunch of presidents who realize they have made a, an unpopular choice. And they are going to hold Kevin Warren out there to take every arrow for that choice. Oh, yeah. He's taking all the hits for him right now. And, I mean, the only time we've heard from Penn State President Eric Barron throughout all of this uh, was actually Wednesday when he issued a statement reprimanding students, uh, freshmen were gathering on campus without masks and basically looked like they were having a rave in the freshman like quad area. Um, wait, 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 so, so you're trying, trying to tell me that if you put, put a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds in the same place together, together that they might throw a party? Yeah, crazy. I mean, and I think the thing about this too, Andy, is I always go back to the quote that James Franklin said many times uh, during his time at Penn State. And he said, you know, I'm in charge of 18 to 22 year old men and they're the most unpredictable group of people on the planet. So, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I just don't understand the university presidents and all of this. I mean, the ADs are taking questions. The head coaches are taking questions. The players are, the parents are, um, university presidents are making a heck of a lot of money. And why are you deciding that, okay, you can't do one thing, but you can do the other. And that's where so many of these players and their parents are so concerned. And they said, listen, by doing what you're doing and, you know, at Penn State, bringing students back, you've just burst this bubble that they worked all summer to create just with the athletes. A big point of contention for Penn State was that things were going really well testing wise. I mean, they pulled the plug on the season Tuesday, Wednesday. That week, they had announced their results. They didn't have any positives that week of anybody in the entire program. So that kind of was throwing salt on the wound there. Uh, but yeah, if you're the university president, I mean, your regular students aren't going to be tested, right? And they're not going to be tested regularly. So I just, to me, it's this whole divide. But yeah, right now, Kevin Warren is taking all the hits. And it's like, all right, well... There was a vote, so or not, or at least there was a decision leading to right. Well, there was a vote by fourteen people, thirteen of whom are paid with public money. So the people in the states whose tax dollars pay their salaries really do deserve an answer if they ask for one. 
And that's why meeting minutes, Andy. I mean, come on now. We can see meeting minutes from board of trustees. You know. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, we're doing this over Zoom. We're recording this Zoom. I guarantee you that Zoom was not recorded. If 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 somebody press record on that Zoom, that person needs to be fired. (laughs) Oh, that'd be that'd be wild. There's there's a um like. on the topic of the relationship between Kevin Warren and these presidents, and I don't know if this has been mentioned elsewhere, but my, my buddy Doug Maurice, who I used to work with at Cleveland.com, made this point, and I thought it was really interesting. Five of the presidents in the Big Ten have been on the job for less than a year. Kevin Warren's been on the job for like eight months, and then there's a sixth president at Ohio State, of all places, that hasn't even technically started yet. And, they and that has a lot to do with it. That, that dynamic. That has a lot to do with it. And, and that was why the Big 12 was so so dicey there that night when the the big 10 and the pac 12 decided to cancel because they've got new presidents at texas and oklahoma and it doesn't really matter with how long the other presidents have served texas and oklahoma have new presidents so i it was it, it became a wild card situation and it, it's true because i i think back to to 2010 when the big 12 nearly imploded everybody looked at dan Beebe the commissioner of the Big 12 at the time, as, a, as, a, as incompetent. But the fact of the matter is, he was never going to be able to get Texas and Nebraska and Oklahoma all on the same page because they just wouldn't do it. And if you're Kevin Warren and you've only been doing this job eight months, how are you going to get Ohio State and Michigan State and Michigan and, and, and Penn State and Nebraska on the same page if they really don't want to be? You, you'd better be Abraham Lincoln, you know, team <laughs> of rivals style, if you're going to do that, that's a lot to ask of a dude who just got the job. Yeah, it's a it's a tough position to to be in for sure. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to. He certainly could have handled it better. I'm not so sure that anyone so new into that position is well equipped to kind of handle what what he was put in a position to handle. But at the same time, you know, you're a professional, and it, it was as simple as saying the things he put in his letter on Wednesday night into the original announcement when they decided they were going to cancel. If he says it to Dave Revson. Right. And, and that is the fault of whoever is running their public relations. you got to run him through that Revson interview. Obviously, you don't have Dave ask him the questions he's going to ask, but you got to ask him every question Dave's going to ask him. And when he mumbles his way through, though we don't want to get into how everybody voted, you go, stop. That's not the answer we're going to give. Yeah. And I think, you know, Bill, to your point, too, like these relationships, how do you move forward, right? Like, are they fractured to a point? I mean, because Warren, his thing uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday night, rather, was like, all right, we got to move forward. We got to keep moving forward. Like, this isn't something where you just say, like, up in a couple days, everybody moves on from it. I mean, I don't know long term what the ramifications could be of this. If you love barbecue like you know I do, you know it takes a lot of time. You're working. You're maybe taking care of the kids while you work from home right now. It's tough. You don't have time to smoke something for 16 hours. Well, let me tell you a little bit about chicken ribs because you can get that same smoke flavor and a lot fewer calories, a lot less fat. So chickenribs.com. Sounds weird. Chicken ribs? It's chicken thighs covered in pork rub smoked and they taste and eat like a rib it's a huge hunk of meat on a small bone tastes very much like a pork rib but a quarter of the fat a lot less calories 
Oh, by the way, really, really easy to get going because listen, we, we don't have time to smoke stuff. But if you go to chickenribs.com, they will send you your chicken ribs. You thaw them out. When you're ready, you put them in your air fryer. You warm them up on the grill. You warm them up in the oven. And they taste like they came right from the smokehouse. We know great barbecue tastes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse. Authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com. Use the code ANDY today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Who doesn't love perfectly smoked meat? You know, watching games now that they're back on TV? Or maybe you're just making dinner for the family. Chickenribs.com. Use the code ANDY for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Well, and here's my concern with this because let's say the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC wind up playing. I think it makes it significantly more difficult for the Big 10 and the Pac-12 to pull off a spring season if that happens. Absolutely. That, that is worst-case scenario for the Big 10 um, if these other conferences play. And, you know, I think the other part of it, too, with the whole, like, why didn't you try to drag this out a little bit longer? Uh, you know, James Franklin brought up the point that this is a team that had zero spring practices. They were on day five of fall camp. And so now you've got, you know, this 12-hour model for the fall, and then you're supposed to play a season in the spring or winter, however you're going to do that. I mean, there's some serious competitive disadvantages to that because you've just lost all this practice time where had you just strung this along even longer, at least these teams could be practicing. You'd be getting more results back to see how it goes with other students on campus. Um, But they just didn't even give themselves that opportunity. Well, and the other thing, here's one thing Kevin Warren could have done, and I've given him some, some outs in this conversation. This is where he screwed up. He did have some resources he could have gone to, some people whose ears he could have bent that could have been helpful to him. You know, you talk every day with the Power Five commissioners since the pandemic started. Now, they're mad at you because in July you broke away from them and and said you were going conference only, didn't tell them. But it probably scores you some points and just helps you in general. If you go, hey, John Swafford, who's been through pretty much everything that can happen in college sports – how do you build consensus? Because when Swafford wants something to happen, it happens silently in the dead of night. It's quick strike and it's done. You go to Bob Bullsby and you say, Bob, how do you put, together, put back together a fractured league? Because that's what Bob Bullsby had to do when he got hired at the Big 12. You, you go to Greg Sankey and, and say, Greg, you worked with Mike Slive, who is one of the all-time great consensus builders. What did he teach you about building consensus? Because it seems like your league is very aligned. How, how did you do that? You got to ask those questions because those guys can help you. And the other thing is, don't go away from them like they did on July 9th. If you all move together, you have cover. If you're out on your own, there's no cover. When you, uh, when you make those phone calls, do you just skip over Larry Scott? Uh, did I did I not mention Larry Scott? <laughs> well, it, it, but, but what's funny is Larry Scott handled this situation he did. a million times better. That the Pac-12's rollout of its decision was flawless. It, people may not have agreed with it, but you you had a school president in Oregon's Michael Schill. You had their chief medical officer. You had a an AD in, in Ray Anderson at Arizona State offering very lucid points about why they made the decision. And putting up a united front. 
And that was the Big Ten's downfall is it was clear. Actually, it was clear Monday when Scott Frost got in front of the microphone yeah. that it wasn't going to be United Front. It makes me, it almost makes me question, like, I don't know if motivation is the right word, but there's, there is an air of, uh, is arrogance too strong of a word to think that you were going to make this for, decision and everyone was going to follow you? Yeah. Did, did I mention I, I live in the South? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, the view of the Big Ten from the rest of the country is they think they're better people than everyone else. And the SEC only cares about being better at football than everyone else. So. Come on, Andy. Legends and leaders <laughs> over here. <laughs> but no, I mean, that, that's the view. That's not – that's an unfair assessment. It's, a, it's an unfair generalization. But that is the vibe that comes off of them if you're an outsider. And they're not better than anybody else. They're in the same boat as everybody else. They just happen to make a different decision than some of the other people. But my thing is, if you made that decision, you got to come out strong – and united like the Pac-12 did. And they could not get united fast enough, which should tell you, you don't have to make that decision. That, there was no deadline on them. You didn't have to make it that day. If you come to that decision two weeks from now, let's say you've paused practice, you've said, no, we're going to move, move the season, we're going to start at September 26th, we're not going into pads until until next week, which or the first week, what, the first week of September, then you have time and everybody goes, you know what? They did the best they could. They tried. Mm -hmm. But now people look at it and go, well, they didn't even try. They just made the decision and didn't, and weren't even worried about the, the fallout. Like, how do you not have a plan? Let's, let's, let's talk about that though, because Ryan Day immediately came out with a plan for what he thought a spring season should look like. And, and granted, it, it was the one that most favors Ohio State, where sure. you, you got to start early enough so that the Justin Fields and the Sean Wades of the world are not leaving to, to go work out for the draft. And, and to do that, I mean, you got to start like January 1. <laughs> so, but the thing is, that's probably not how most of the coaches feel. What do we think this would look like if they pull it off? I, I like the Ryan Day plan, and, and clearly, like you said, he has different motivations because he's got a roster full of NFL guys that, that the rest of the league on the whole just doesn't have. But also I like it because it gives you the best chance of not severely impacting the following fall if you could somehow finish playing the spring season in March. So I'm on board with that, whether or not it's realistic. Maybe that's maybe you meet in the middle. He wants to start January 1. Jeff Brown wants to start like in February. Maybe you meet and start like mid-January. Even that's something I can get on board with. And then you play them wherever. You play them in Indianapolis and Minneapolis so the weather doesn't disrupt the schedule. And, and I think that can work. I think, I think if it does work, that's what it's going to look like. So, Audrey, I got one. I, I got a date for you. Oh, boy. Pro Bowl weekend. You start Pro Bowl weekend. That's that's the weekend where people are most starved for football. The NFL Conference Championship games just happened. They probably did a huge number. The Super Bowl is not for another two weeks. There's only one NFL game between then and September. You start Pro Bowl weekend and catch lightning in a bottle. You know, one of the things that Penn State's parents brought up, which I thought was an interesting point, they said, and again, we don't know virus-wise what, if anything, is going to change between now and this winter-spring season, but they said, why don't we start around Thanksgiving when all these campuses are going to be clearing out and then you can kind of build your bubble again because the kids are going to get sent home till January. Um, so why don't we start then? And I think that's an interesting idea too. But 
to Bill's point, the earlier the better. I mean, Penn State already lost Micah Parsons. He's not coming back. He's gone. But now you've got to wonder for some of these other guys. Uh, maybe you get them for three or four games if you start in November, um, if you start maybe in December. But I do like your point, Andy, about the Pro Bowl weekend because that's always kind of like the weekend where you're like, all right, what am I going to watch because I'm not going to subject myself to the Pro Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, the Big Ten will have a chance to own that, but it's I, I think it's going to have to be in domes. And, the, you know, the Jeff Brom plan – I just, it's not like we're dealing with wonderful climates of taking, you know, the teams from the north and sending them to the south. Like, it's just, to me, that part just isn't going to happen. I'm actually surprised that the governor of the state where I live has not offered to host them. (laughs) He's offered to host everyone else at this point. (laughs) Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, live from Orlando. Let's make it happen. I wouldn't be opposed to that. That, that, Hey! An Orlando bubble is working for for the NBA. It's true. An Orlando bubble for the Big Ten. It's genius. We put them at Universal Studios. They don't even have to drive all the way out to Disney. <laughs> we just did what the conference couldn't do in five months and came up with a plan. Done. Exactly. And that that's the thing. You and and I guarantee you they did talk about this. They they kick stuff around. They probably wasn't as cool as our Orlando bubble idea, but. I guarantee you they talked about dates, they talked about season links, they talked about all-conference or or non-conference. Why didn't you have at least a couple models that you say, well, we've got a few models that we like, and we've we've distributed them to all our athletic directors, and they'll be distributing them to the coaches. That would have given the coaches something to look at instead of going on ESPN and yelling at them. Yeah, and it would have gave them something to tell their players when the decision ultimately came down too. Like it's not imagine being Ryan Day or James Franklin or Jeff Brown or whoever and like on that day having to stand in front of your team and saying, Sorry fellows, we're not playing and I can't tell you anything else. Today's show is sponsored by Artifact. Artifact sets you up with one of their professional interviews to capture stories about important people or things in your life. Think of it like a podcast episode about whatever you want. With Artifact, you can capture family history with parents and grandparents, talk about friends and family as a birthday, wedding, or anniversary gift, both about how they've made a difference in your life, and share some hilarious stories. Or, my idea, you do your proposal as a podcast. You talk to all the people that you're friends with and everybody you know, and by the end, you pop the question. Come on, have some fun with it. Artifact interviewed me about my time as the worst walk-on offensive lineman in SEC history, and it was a great show. You can go listen to a little bit of it at heyartifact.com, and when you're ready to make an artifact of your own, use the code STAPLES to get $40 off your first podcast. That's heyartifact.com, and use the code STAPLES for $40 off. Because I don't know what's happening. I mean, James Franklin has had to make that speech before, uh, in a very different circumstance, the in 2016, he had to explain to that team why they weren't going to the playoff, but the Ohio State team they beat was. And so, I mean, that is a situation you get put into as a college football coach sometime. But that's one the conference could have helped them avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, I mean, Franklin's thing. He said, listen, I'm supposed to be the leader here, and, like, I don't have anything to tell my players, to tell their parents, to tell recruits. Um, and that whole thing, too, I mean – what happens to your recruiting calendar when you're playing in the winter or spring? And it's, I mean, the whole thing, the Big Ten just, again, it goes back to seemingly not having a plan for any of this. I mean, 
Penn State told their recruits, hey, don't expect official visits, you know, before the December signing period. And now you're seeing across the country, um, I saw Jason Kersey had a thing with Caleb Williams, that they're kind of organizing their own recruiting weekends. Just the players and their parents getting together, blocking off rooms. Um, You know, that's probably what recruiting is going to look like, because again, the Big Ten couldn't lay anything out for these coaches, players, parents, fans, and commits. Because they had to make the decision when they did. So let that be a lesson to you kids from from uncles Andy and Bill and Ann Audrey. If you have two months to make a decision, don't make it in two weeks. Yeah. Stall as much as you can. I always I always do my best work when I procrastinate to the very end. Well, we're, listen, we're all former newspaper people here. Like we we work best with a deadline, and this is a disaster when I don't have a deadline. So, listen, I'm gonna take as much time as I can. Kevin Warren, hopefully next time you will take as much time as you can. Audrey and Bill, thank you so much for joining us. You Thanks, got Andy. it.